Welcome to the fourth pillar of play, a Night Shift Radio production, where we support your adventure in tabletop game design by designing, discussing, and learning right alongside you. And I reordered the things in the intro, Josh. I don't know if you could tell, but I was shooting from the hip and using my memory, and I screwed it up. And I'm admitting that now. First thing. I I couldn't tell. I couldn't tell. No? No. You got the the main thing. Um, The cadence was the same. Yeah. That's really it. Exactly. It's really, uh, people just listen to the cadence. People just like need you, to know how often they have to do the skip 15 seconds button. Exactly. And, you know, they're you like, know, oh, that sounds like they've finished. That's all they yeah. need. <laughs> There's always the, the podcasts you listen to where you're like, okay, I know. I know that this one has about an, a minute and 22 seconds yep. that I need to skip to. Uh, the one, the biggest one, for me, I'm just for the first time listening to the Old, go- old Gods of Appalachia, which you is know, fantastic you're a horror lot. podcast. Yeah. But you got to skip a lot. It's a lot yep. of stuff at the beginning, and and you know I could subscribe to the Patreon and you know listen to them ad free, but I don't. And yeah. and that's so, the story. But I don't. But I don't. Uh, yeah. So yeah, that's that. We're gonna start right off on that foot, I suppose. Wonderful. So hello everyone and welcome. Hi Josh. Hey. We're recording across space. Yeah, I feel like I just saw you. You yes, that's because I just did. Yep. We had a lovely evening at the brewery. All right. So. The brewery, which, by the way, is featured in the episode of Superpod HeroCast season premiere that I will be on. Oh, because that that, the the nerd debate episode is out, so I can I can now say it. Ah, yes. So now we can belatedly say congratulations on your nerd debate victory for uh yeah it was over on our fellow uh night shift radio show superpod hero cast they do their nerd debate once a year so, uh in the summer and i won this year what is the question you're the most proud of winning um proud of winning oh probably i really liked uh my snarky response to my star trek one. Oh, so i'm honestly because it really was i didn't i i'm most proud of the preparation for the captain america for the brawl question sure but when it came time for a rebuttal and it was the best looking Star Trek ship, I was like three ships in a three of the same ships in a video game. I was the only one who didn't pick an Enterprise. You'd yeah. have to, li- you know what, everyone go out and listen to the episode. But that- I hope everyone really enjoyed that non-contextual statement yeah, that had nothing. so much meaning. Go listen. It's it was it was fun. It was fun. How long was the whole debate from beginning to end? Um, boof, two hours have to listen plus. To it. Two hours, Two hours plus, okay, something like that. Yeah, it would have to um, be with rebuttal. And were you enjoying and beverages during the debate? Oh yeah, yeah. I had um, two mind flayers, and uh, ugh, so sorry. your arguments got progressively worse by the end of the evening. Yeah, maybe, maybe. Well, then, <laughs> yeah. and then um, Paul, who was at uh, Freight Air today, Paul and Julie came. So oh, Paul right. got me one of I don't remember what their IPA is called there, but it was good. Okay, so All I was right. I was doing fine. Well, we are here today. Um, for a little while anyway, to finalize out the various story elements of our uh, demon prince-esque creature, Oregal. Yeah. Yep. So what we've established, we established, we kind of threw together a whole ideas, and we have some rough math, and we're not going to belabor listeners with math, because nobody wants to listen to that. But I'd like to do tonight is I'd like to kind of, well, there's two things I want to do. I want to go over the finalized ideas for his different abilities mm-hmm. and powers and, and items. Yep. And then I do sort of, I'm curious. So I'm going to, I'm reading from, I was a, I told you I backed the Forge of Foes uh, Kickstarter. Yeah. So I'm just curious. I want to do a little bit of maybe comparing, um, you know, some things from that, but not too much because- Theirs is the the more quick and dirty style, right? Theirs is more quick and dirty style. So I just gotcha. want to compare a CR26 as we design it to a CR26 in his book. 
Okay. And that is the that is what I would say that I would be would kind of give us a little bit of insight because I know that Mike Shea, who wrote Forge of Foes with Teo Sabadia and Scott Fitzgerald Gray, um, loves the work of Paul Hughes in Monstrous Menagerie. So I wonder how much similarity and overlap there. Okay. But we'll see. All right. So Oregal. All right. Recapping Oregal, Josh. He's a giant monster. Yep. We have decided he's incredibly vain. So he is a horrific mashup of a demon and a devil. Yes. Forced together. Forced together. He has used that his uh, his powers as a demon and a devil to absorb other demons and devils, has created an army of loyal Devorai, and is incredibly vain. Yeah. So let's let's lay this out like it's at the table. So if I were DMing Oregal, as we've talked about him right now, I would describe the PCs seeing Oregal in front of them, and I would describe him as a resplendently tall, 10, 15 foot tall um, creature in horrific armor, you know, plated with blacks and reds and silvers, maybe glistening, you know, curiously wet in places, uh, full plate, draped down, chains, skulls, clay, the whole thing, the yeah. whole the whole shebang, very Diablo. Yep. Um, holding a giant glaive in one hand with a with a visaged mask, which uh, reveals only one eye, okay. and the armor reveals one arm, yep. which is a smooth muscular arm etched with rune which ends in a clawed hand mm-hmm. so i was thinking about this with the designing like putting him in the armor as a specific part of him we should i thought maybe we should keep two things visible the one thing that i was saying is i want to keep one eye visible like the mask reveals one eye because that's how he controls his devorai he has to have his eye out since that's where their little hands are pressing okay against. so this right. is giant big white milky eye yeah. set in this very vain face his cape after you look at him for a little while, you realize our vestigial demonic wings, one slightly longer than the other that drape along the back. Mm-hmm. Um, and the exposed arm, I liked the idea that the exposed arm is his devouring. Yeah. So we already talked about that too. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, so as I was thinking about the armor, let's go to the armor first. I, I, I like this idea we had last week where we talked about, well, maybe the, the armor has got demons and devils stored inside it. Right. That was your idea, um, right? Yeah. yeah. It, yep. it, I, I kind of kept rolling with it over the week. Mm-hmm. And so I just I I was thinking that what we should do is he should do three auras. Okay. So what if Oregal has three auras and he can choose as one of his you know uh, legendary actions to shift his aura from one one ability to another? And those three auras do different mm-hmm. kinds of damage based on the demon and the devil that he has bound within his armor. Okay. Yeah. So he has you know he can do a fire aura, he can do an ice aura, maybe he can do just like a razor blade aura, or sh- something like that. We yep. pick three demons and devils. It would be cool. And base the auras off of those powers. Um, legendary action to shift those powers. And then the as you fight Oregal and you finally get him down to bloodied, that's when the armor breaks off and he can no longer use those auras. Okay. The secondary effect of that armor is that it's what keeps him in a somewhat uh, humanoid shape. Mm-hmm. And when the armor comes off, his hit points go down, but also his form grows to large and it becomes a disgusting bloated mess as it bursts out, you know, wetly from the armor and it goes scattering across the room. Mm-hmm. He becomes the the horrific monstrosity that he really is instead right. of the vain the vain front that he likes to present to characters that face him. Oh, okay. No, I, I yeah, that I I like that actually. And the only glimpse you get, the only glimpse he's ever willing to show anyone of his true form is when he allows the one exposed arm to morph into its true state, which is more like a proboscis, not a proboscis, but like a, what is the animal? There's like certain like sea animals that like throw their mouth and stomach out of their body and spread it around. Have oh, you seen that? Oh yeah, I've definitely seen it. That worm that sends yep. its entire digestive tract like tree branches and out on the ground. things, yep. So I thought that like that's, 
You know, when he allows it, it's like it goes and it spreads out, and that's how he devours right. things. And he only would reveal that be, you know, yes, that arm is exposed, and you don't. And if you saw that, it's essentially the last thing you're ever going to say. Exactly. Yeah. Like, okay, you see the the runes glow, the skin starts to break open or split open, mm-hmm. and it pulses from underneath, and then bloats out and becomes this thing raging out and to to envelop you and envelop you and draw you in, and you become. Yeah, and as it comes the, out, it's like barbed. Yeah, it's, it's like barbed, jagged end. teeth that grab and escaping is nearly impossible. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's like an ability he should be able to do to someone after a certain point there should be like a few steps that he takes and then eventually the last one is yeah. with the arm and they are absorbed yeah um so the armor changes it is the glamour the armor has the auras and then the glaive well i don't know like so do you have any ideas for what a cool glaive would do do you have any um, no i just was i, I don't really definitely go to got fire all up. the time what's up i don't want to go back to the fire well all the time okay um you know what i mean yeah, well, first of all, I was taken with how cool glaives can look. Things that yes. qualify as glaives can look really, really badass. Okay, so if we don't want to do... So do we want to avoid elemental... I'm, I mean, there's elemental tied to the vibes. idea of the auras. So maybe yeah. the the glaive doesn't need to do that, possibly. Well, I always think of... I mean, it's hard because any ideas I'm thinking of are ideas that I'm taking from other places because I'm thinking of like that's Elric the, That's sword. the problem that I'm struggling with I and I thinking, usually struggle with. Well, it'd be cool if it had like it, its own personality or something. Um, I think it can have its own personality. I think it would be fun, would if, be fun. It, if it was an angelic weapon and that he is and there are no other ones on Estrock and he can control it because he devoured a celestial and it is attached to it. Oh. So has he perverted it all or is it retained its its pure form in his possession um as i just like the idea that he has this absolutely glorious overwhelmingly beautiful weapon it looks like a holy it looks like what saint michael slays the dragon with yeah it's like this holy relic essentially but it completely serves his will and it oh because behind there is an angel yeah because he has an angel inside him that it belongs to oh that's great yeah let's do that I like that. Definitely. And then it doesn't... Yeah, so we can look up like... Well, let's look. Let's look here. I'm going to search for a no. solar. Yeah, we can pull from a different side of... A, a different chapter in the book. Uh, yes, yeah, so we don't have to be, you know, coming up with everything from the demon and devil side. So a solar, angelic weapons, they do radiant damage. Okay. Well, actually, that ties too, because he could be doing radiant damage because probably the things that he hits the most with that glaive are demons and devils. And they're going to hate it the most, yeah. And they're going to hate it the most. And he can say, look, look what I can hold and you can't. Yeah. That it gets oh, you cooler think you, and you think you you think you can beat me? And he tosses yep. them the glaive. Go ahead, pick it up. Oh yeah, that's great. <laughs> that's totally awesome. Try it. Yeah, see how it goes. So we've got. So okay, we'll have we'll give him a really cool uh, solar weapon, and it will be a glaive, and it'll be all holy and angelic, and that's why he makes himself look pretty. Yeah, he, it's it's a disturbing tactic to his followers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, they're they're and they have a natural yeah yeah they're naturally intimidated by the vibe he's given off yeah totally. Mm-hmm. So the other things we talked about is his he has the ability to see that folks uh, no, is awesome and we just totally made that up. What I said that folks is awesome and we just totally made we that just up. totally made that up. That's <laughs> completely from us. Yeah, out of nowhere. Now okay. the fact that you said that means that someone's going to say, "Isn't it just like this thing that happened in this thing?" Well, then, all right. So if you are that person, we just don't tell us. Hey, please don't. We don't need it. We don't need an email. Don't you destroy can, us. You can zet us all you want. We don't go why on do, there. Why anymore. do you want to hurt? Um, 
Oh man, that's so cool. Okay, so this the the so his glaive does radiant damage. Mm-hmm. He should it can have the ability to do a burst of light or something like that that can do a blinding attack. Yeah. So now we've got the burst of uh, blinding attack, a holy holy radiance blinding attack, and radiant damage that he deals out. He has the auras that do elemental damage based on different demons. And I like the idea that the chain demon's in there and that there's hooks and chains that come off the armor as well that mm-hmm. are natural expressions of the chain devil that's trapped inside. Yeah. And so because of the hooks and chains, he's going to have... There's going to be... He's going to grapple things. He's going to grab things and draw them into him. You know, we're making him into a cool Adam from Buffy. Season five. There was nothing cool about Adam There was nothing cool about... The idea was terrible. The actor who played Adam and Buffy is the same actor who played the big beefy vampire in the first season. Did you know that? As an aside. Oh, no kidding. No, I didn't know yeah. that. Huh. The one who was serving the master? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the same actor. Yeah. Adam was um, actually cool. I think. See, now I question. The minute I say anything into a microphone, I go, was that right? Was it's that right? okay. No one watches Buffy anymore. Yeah. It's not, the, it's not as popular as the fourth pillar of play. Right. <laughs> Definitely not. Um. And then uh, he has his innate spell casting, his yep. legendary resistances, um, skill savvy. I like the idea that he shape changes at will. And so he can be a master at basically any skill based on who he is consumed. Mm-hmm. Um, and the psychic tether is going to be his big, his big thing when he's going to absorb you. He first has to attach you with his psychic tether. It draws you in, uh, does damage. And if he kills you with his psychic tether, his arm splits open. <laughs> takes you and sucks you in yeah and at that point the character cannot be resurrected and it cannot be raised oh, at some point if we have a minute i want to share miranda's adventure idea she had for oregal and just oh. now is not the time but why is now not do you mean a minute I mean, on radio or a minute off, no we'll do off. it right here because i okay so i was explaining you know um dear listeners um very rarely i think do podcasters uh significant others listen to their shows i just think they don't have the time so i usually recap what we do so i'm recapping bits of oregon and i'm saying this or that and my wife miranda goes into this whole thing about how because we had had the um uh that component where he can make you forget your language or forget a skill right that's what we were just mentioning he can steal a skill from you if he's got a psychic tether in you and then she goes well why would he bother doing that why don't you just write an adventure where oregal is so has so much like psychic like i don't know like momentum that the whole adventure everybody thinks that they're doing the right thing but he's completely messing with them the entire time and you know Maybe when they thought they were saving that caravan, they were actually slaughtering that caravan. And that the, you know, doing various steps and everything they're doing is playing, they're thinking they're combating Oregal, but they're playing into Oregal's hands. But eventually the primals would show up and kind of like, you know, free their minds and just kind of wipe it all away. And now, and then, so, and then they would find out everything they did was like actually not good. And it wasn't, it was actually terrible. I go, is that how you want to end it? She's oh, like, geez. yeah, that's kind I go, of a downer. Wow, that's dark. She goes, well, you know, no, Talon could like run it and they could go on like a redemption arc and fix, you know, fix and make things they did better. I'm all, see, when I, anytime <laughs> I've done the PCs previously unknowingly did something bad, I've leaned on the crutch of amnesia. Right. Yeah, that's how I, that's how I ran a Dark Sun campaign once. It was that everyone started at level one waking up with amnesia at the site of a battle. Mm-hmm. And um, they re-leveled themselves up, and then the ending of the campaign was them going back in time and defeating themselves. So oh, okay. the, yeah. it basically, they ended up. They started at one end of the fight and ended the campaign at the other end of the fight against themselves. Yeah. Um, but and was- they heard about all these horrible things these people did, 
and only to find out that they were those people. But yeah. that's also just stolen from uh, Knights of the Old Republic. Oh, I suppose, yeah, yeah. Because you do the whole game of Knights of the Old Republic, hearing about how awful Darth Revan is, mm-hmm. and then yep. the big reveal, one of some of the most brilliant video game writing ever. Mm-hmm. No, you are Darth Darth. Oh, Darth Revan is way cooler than any of that basically any universe other stuff deserves. Thing that has shown up ever. Yeah. Are you going to watch Ahsoka in a couple days? As, oh, absolutely. Because yeah. this is what people to tune in to listen for. Yeah, totally. I mean, my son is not excited about it. He does not seem to like it. He um, says it looks like it's going to be terrible. Well, did he did he watch Rebels? No, but he's just very anti this show for some reason. Oh well, is there something going on? Is there something about one of the actors? He well, he was never a fan of Rosario Dawson based on something that he heard on a TikTok. Ah, uh-huh. um, teenagers. Understood. He's not a teenager, right? Um, I don't know if that makes it better or worse. <laughs> <laughs> it makes it same. So. It makes it yeah. Whatever. Anyway, back to Oregal. But yes, I'm watching. Um, or trying it at least. If I'm bored, I won't continue watching. Yeah, that's yeah. what happened with me and Boba Fett. Yep. Um, so he gets his, he has his glaive, he has his armor. I think like all that we need now is I just need to put the math and the numbers with each of these attacks. So mm-hmm. that's that's what I'm going to sort of do. So looking at the number, let's just kind of like talk through here. I'm going to pull up, this is in, um, what we're looking at right now is we're looking at a page from the uh, Forge of Foes by Mike Shea, yep. uh, Teo Sabadia, and Scott Fitzgerald Gray, where they come up with a, they have a monster statistics by challenge rating table. If you yep. look, Josh, it's very similar to the table we use for Monstrous Menagerie. Right. So right here, at level 26, okay, the only thing I have to do is equivalent character level, um, AC, DC, armor class, difficulty class. Really, he put those together and he did it with a slash in the middle. Do you think they did that unironically? <laughs> okay, yeah, probably. <laughs> um, okay, so here we go. A level 26 creature, according to them, should have an AC and a difficulty class of 25. That is much higher than um, Monstrous Menage, right off the bat. Yeah. So Though the hit points look about... That's the hit points there, right? That's Hit about points the same. are about 450, yeah. So 450 about the same. And that's the that's the same, right? The plus 17. Yep, the, the plus 17 is the same. What is it? Damage per round, 240. Uh-oh. Hold on one second, Josh. Yeah. Never mind. I don't have it right here in front of me. So um, damage per round. Do I not have the damage per round written down? Uh, I, know we ta- I know we talked about it. Oh, here we go. Damage per round. Um, 150. Ooh, woof. 240 is a wow. That, yeah. So That's an awful lot. I wonder that look changes. Yeah. Um, five is number of attacks, five. This only goes to four. All right. And damage per attack. They did damage per attack. 48 points of damage per attack. Woof. That's... that's um, so there's some areas where that's that's kind of different. That's like a critical role, Taldori reborn damage level. Holy smokes. I want to find... Which I guess, you know, is, is fine with me. But because the idea is you're not supposed you're not supposed to be able to beat this guy, and if you can, you can definitely if you can beat him, then you can take that kind of damage. I guess maybe that's a lot. Yeah, that's like yeah, Pathfinder level. I'm kind of confused by that. I what I want to do is I want to quickly find my PDF of uh, oh I can I can find because I also have a PDF of Monstrous Menagerie since my physical book is somewhere behind me in a pile. Okay, yeah, it's weird. Usually you uh, remote in with me from a tropical island or something. I know, I'm just in a really messy bedroom But right today now. you're in the messy bedroom we usually record it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, because it's in the monster. Here we go. Monstrous Menagerie. All right, so going, scrolling down. Oh my gosh. Give me a minute here, Josh. I'm sorry. That's okay. So speaking um, of Taldori, while we're looking at it, since it's available on D&D Oh, Beyond, yeah. It's on sale right now. 
So what the do you think Beyond is a, edition is twenty nine ninety nine. What do you think is the deal with that? Like it, I don't know. It seems so. I've seen a couple of different takes, and you know, I, the Critical Role fan base is highly toxic at times. Um, sure, yeah, one of the worst parasocial uh, victims I've ever seen. But <laughs> right. the, he said, as an armchair psychologist, but right. the I saw a lot of takes that basically said, well, oh, they must have cut a deal with Wizards of the Coast because Wizards of the Coast was probably terrified that they were going to switch over to their Dagger Heart setting or their Dagger Heart campaign system, right? And leave Dungeons and Dragons in the pi- in the past and suck over their entire fan base over to Dagger. Which wouldn't happen. I don't, huh? Which is pie in the sky thinking. I just don't think that would happen. I, I don't think it would happen either. I, yeah. The, every single episode of Critical Role begins the same way. And it's, hello, welcome everyone. Welcome to Critical Role, where a bunch of us nerdy ass voice actors get around and play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. You know? It's become, yep. it's part of the brand. It's nerdy ass mm-hmm. voice actors playing Dungeons and Dragons. I said the A word twice. Well, and what's it called? Uh, Dagger? Dagger Heart. Their- so Daggerheart, okay, that's right. So I've read a couple reactions that are like it's, eh. it's <laughs> well, more the of the thing. it's more of the same. Uh-huh. I mean, if you're building off fifth edition, it's just going to be building off fifth edition. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, okay. So my take on that this is a this is a financial choice and a, probably a smart one. That they just do you think they just keep yourself a deal? tethered to the big boy. You're you're both you know you are rising together. You know what I mean? Like it just doesn't make sense to go off on your own when you're leaving a lot of money off, you know, a lot of money on the table. Yeah. I think this is All the right. way to make a lot of money on the table. So yeah, I'm just checking Monsters Menagerie. Monsters okay. Menagerie at 26 has them only doing 150 points of damage per round. And then Lazy DM has a level 26 doing 240 points of damage per round. Now well, I will now, say Mike that Shea he, likes monsters to hit hard. He likes them to hit hard. And he has said that multiple times. And he also yep. has bemoaned the he, when he reviews a monster, he always gets really touchy about high-level monsters. He's had before, like, you're fighting Orcus. Orcus, the, the attack should say, yep. he hits you, you die. Right. Yep. Which I get. So totally I can see it. him weighing heavy on this end. But, like, let's go back. Let's go to CR 10 and just see. At CR 10, they're supposed to do 55 points of damage per round, according to the Monstrous Menagerie. And at level 10 here, does 65 points of damage per round. So he seems to be on a 55, 60, 65, 70. Okay, so Paul Hughes has basically your level, uh, if after level one, it's your level times, well, no, it's not your level times anything. So it's just, it goes up, though. It starts at, at level one, you're at 10, then for every level after that's five points of growth. Yeah. Um. Oh, no, there's a couple where it changes there. He must have a spreadsheet that does math because 125, it stops going by fives after a while. Oh, okay. 100, 105, 110, 116, 125, 133, 141, et cetera. So there's math that we're not seeing. But I know Mike Shea has a formula he uses. It's like the monster level times something or divided by something. And so his 26 has 240 points of damage per round. So he would look at the way we're designing Oracle and say, doesn't hit hard enough. Okay. Well, and here's the thing. I guess we'll find out. We always didn't. I mean, our intention when we started discussing was you don't, you really shouldn't fight Oregon. You, you shouldn't be fighting Oregon. And we we covered last week. Asmodeus doesn't even have a stat block. Nobody, there's no stat blocks for certain level characters. Um, we didn't do stat blocks for primals, right? We just talked about them. So the Sword Coast Adventurers Guide just talks about, mm-hmm. uh, and only talks about monsters. Of- yeah. So Morton Kanan's the original non-canon one, and all the lore talks about Asmodeus, but it doesn't. You can't. Yeah, they have an aspect of yeah. Asmodeus, but that's it, right? Yeah, I, I, but nothing combat, nothing you can combat. 
They do have all and, the Lords of Hell. Each of them has one, but not Asmodeus himself. Yeah. Hmm. And I do know that some people, and there's lots of fan stat outs of Asmodeus. Right. I'm and we actually were looking at one last week too. The, a yeah. CR30. I'm looking at one right now. Yep. That's the one I had up last week when we were talking about it, I think. Yeah. Can you see what I'm looking at right now on my screen? No, you would probably just switch. Oh, but, just um, switch. oh well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to end the present anyway. Boom. Stop presenting. Okay. So, Oregal, you're not supposed to fight him. So, I think, I don't know, let's keep it at the 150 damage and just see. Sure. But what we really need to do is we need to take, so at 26, you would want, if we, how would we play test a 26th level creature? Well, 26th level, that means we need at least 18th level PCs. So, here's what we need. We need three 18th level PCs. And with three of those, a hard bordering on deadly fight would be Oregal. Okay. Okay. We can do that. Yeah. If everyone we know can ever have enough free time for us to actually do any of these play tests. <sighs> free time. Do you think that when we end our Candlekeep game, we will switch to Estrock? I believe that that is what Todd would like to do. Mm-hmm. I know that's what Ryan would like to do. So Jody wants to do it. Yeah, I think. And I what think, are your thoughts? Well, here's my thinking is this. We kind of sketch things out. You know, as, as we take Estrock to a certain point as much as we can, and then we build the rest of it through play. Yeah, that's what I, I, th- was I think. We too. follow up with after the session. Here's what we came up with. Now the question is, do I play? Or do you want to play a run? Well, I definitely. I don't think I'd be ready to run, but I could okay. co-run. We could co-run together, and because yeah. we have so many players anyway. Yeah, but you could also play. Yeah, that's I mean, true. it is fun I to mean, play I, in the sandbox you build. I am the uh, meta gamer of the year. <laughs> that's it is the reward i get I, you will test stuff all the time and i know the stuff you're putting in the game oh that's right yeah when you, when you see straight through my deceptions yeah and i just go oops okay i don't know that <laughs> i don't know anything <laughs> about this i have to make a decision as though i don't know okay i guess that isn't metagame i got it backwards that's but the anyway, opposite of metagame it's the opposite i am not i do not i the am anti metagamer i'm the anti-metagamer yep okay all right so but no, that is i think where we will be able to um kind of round out the rest of it you know at least a couple of adventures to kind of like how do we play mm-hmm. in this world what do we a couple need of adventures a couple more uh settlements and things like that to flesh yep. out yep uh, a couple more monsters and, and, and then and when writing a story you can build and make lore connections you can you know yeah and then we take our we we go camping mm-hmm. and we take computers yep yep and we do our we're going and shutting away the world and we're typing everything out over the weekend mm-hmm. or a week. Yep. It wouldn't probably have to be. A, yeah. Probably a week. Well, I mean, we write a lot yeah. of the stuff now as we go. So yeah. so that's going to be. So at, in our next episode, I'm going to be able to walk us through the stat block for Oregal. Yeah, that'll be great. So that'll be fun. Uh, so are we are we done for now? Well, we're done with Oregal. So we're we going to do our random encounter sort of? Yeah, this is going to be a random encounter only without the sound effect because I still have to put it back on this card. Perfect. Random encounter. Random encounter. (laughs) 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 So what is our group? And I assume this is going to be the Baldur's Gate. Is that what we're doing? Oh, yeah. Let's talk about Baldur's Gate. Yeah, because all of our group. That's something big. Yeah, all of our group picked up Baldur's Gate. Yep. Every single person plays Baldur's Gate. Just good luck scheduling it. Yeah, because it has, it's so close to playing D&D that they included the scheduling. <laughs> um, you can just play with people from all over the world. Do you know what's even worse than scheduling here? Scheduling in multiple time zones. Right, because at least in the multiplay that I have done, Rodwell's doing the discussion and uh, my character gets a shout out. You know, okay. like Tobias agrees, you know, or looks on approvingly or something like that. Oh, because you picked the same dialogue option? I I, I don't know. I have That's no idea. That's what I think I'm that just... is. If you pick the same dialogue option, it'll be like 
Yeah, I'm just saying there. Okay, so everyone, in case anyone hasn't, Baldur's Gate three got released. Like, what was it? No, two weeks ago. It's it's the biggest video game in the country. Yeah, the everyone right knows. Now. And not anyone anybody who's going to listen to this knows about it. It's a huge. And massive... we're not spoiling it. No, God, we. So, I certainly have not gone far enough. To spoil I haven't gotten anything. far enough to spoil anything. This again, I don't know anything to spoil. I, again, so, I am going to be passing this along with my Tears of the Kingdom save onto my children when I. Exactly. Because right. I am not finishing this. Um, yeah. Excellent game. I don't though. know. Okay, so this is... Uh, I'm going to like sound like a prude. No, I know exactly what you're going to say. Was it necessary? Why? Why? Uh, okay, so there is, fair listeners, a fair amount of s- sexual activity in the game. and That you're encouraged to participate in. And again, I'm not a prude, but I guess I'm a prude. Because I'm like, I don't see the point. You know, here's so I used to feel the same way. Like, I guess I'm a prude, but maybe not. Because um, at least James Gunn agrees. Remember we watched that thing where we watched James Oh, Gunn yeah, where he's like, I don't want to watch sex scene. He goes, normally I'm like, can we just get them over with? Yeah. And he said the same thing. It's not that I'm a prude. Just, and so in the video games, there's just such a silliness to it. Yeah. Um, well, I, I love the ones of like the, I'm seducing a mind flare. And can scene. that happen? I don't know. I'm I hoping like it's, that's it looked trickery. just like... Uh, I hope. Yeah, it's, you know. According is, to my, according to one of my children, it, there is a druid that you will have sex with. Oh yes, you do. Who turns into a bear, and he warns you about it. But then there is a dialogue choice where I don't even know if I can say what the dialogue choice is. Oh jeez, truly is that bad. Well, it's not as subtle innuendo because <laughs> you know what, I'll let you decide, and you can bleep it up. There is a point where you know you've you've reached this point of romance, and the guy is in his human form, and <laughs> we'll say romance. So you're about to get it on. This is the worst topic of conversation <laughs> for our podcast. No, it's fantastic. <laughs> but what's ridiculous is is you as the play as the player dialogue gets to ask him to take the bear form, and he goes, "Are you sure it can get pretty large?" And then your response that you have an option for is, "Large is what I'm here for." <laughs> I'm not going to bleep that. I'm like, what? I'm like, I just would feel ridiculous. I'm almost tempted to start over and just turn, because I assume if I turn nudity off, does it? That's what I was wondering, but I don't. Can I just skip over that stuff? Because it just seems silly. I need to do that too, because it's just, I don't. I don't. Honestly, and it's really tedious. You know who it's tedious with is that freaking wizard who no matter what I do, wants wants to sleep with my character. A long time ago, there was a game, um called police force they made a bunch of them eventually but it was like an old uh sierra games very oh i love those right all those so it it was king's quest it was all those just they would yeah yeah, yeah. they would take the concept and wrap it well there was one where you as a copy there was a part where you're running around you pull the woman over and you had no dialogue choice except to accept a sexual favor from her in order to let her go nothing you did could get around you couldn't just go eh, just slow down don't let me catch you again like none of that would work you had to do the one where they did the bomb chicka chicka wow and they darkened the screen or whatever you couldn't get out of it and That's even awful. then and i would have been a teenager but i'm like oh my god like it's just I don't know it's just silly. It's to me it's just silly and I know that some people are really into it and that's great and I don't without any judgment I, but I'm it's not just, judging you but like I don't I don't see if we could have gotten the game a year sooner and just not had the sex scenes. Sure. A valid point actually. You know what I mean? Like there's the DLC. Yes. <laughs> there you go. There's a DLC. <laughs> but me, Here's the game. Yeah, here's the game but I just, if you really And I will play. admit like again 
because I'm bad at Baldur's Gate 3 because I also have this, you know, that track of I'm old now and I don't know how to play video games evidently anymore. Right. So I'm also bad at it and I play in story mode and I still die all the time. This is how pathetic I am. But the, the, I, I just want to, I, I'm not, I don't want to be a tactician in the game either. That's the other problem I'm having mm-hmm. is that I, I just really want to play it like I play Diablo where you just run into a big thing and click a lot and everything dies. Yeah. Diablo is an action spreadsheet. Yes. Clickety click, 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 and everything dies. Yeah, yeah. That's no, I, how Baldur's Gate used to be. I know. Yeah, that's how they used to play. Yep. They used to play like that. And I still have so, them. I bought them in some free Humble Bundle. They're sitting on my Steam account. I'm very much enjoying Baldur's Gate. That I is have now to created say, three yep. different characters just to try out, you know, the character creation. And Well, the character creation is amazing. You couldn't get a more inclusive character creator. I loved it. It, it was great. Well, what is the... Um, they have a whole slider for the... Um, Vitiligo? Yes, that was amazing. Yeah, they have a vitiligo slider, um, the, the freckles slider. Yep. Um, and you know what I like they didn't give a slider to is you can't adjust like your body parts. Yes. You know? Wise. There's it was a very smart of them. That. You yeah. get four body choices, four body mm-hmm. compositions. Which, get. and you can choose your anatomy, literally. Yes. Literally. <laughs> and what it looks like, your choice. But There's I mean, a, B. I, it's, would... it's, I love seeing the things on, on Reddit in the morning, like the, the gaming jokes where someone shows a, a screenshot from a update or something, uh, a patch to mm-hmm. Baldur's Gate 3. And literally a patch came out saying, uh, penises C and D no longer clip through Githyanki clothing. <laughs> I apologize for the salty language i probably apology what's they say in ted lasso apologies for the salty language there yeah so yeah uh, what was the so i went into baldur's gate 3 were you going to mention something else in a random encounter no i just wanted to talk about baldur's gate 3 for a little bit because it's D in a video game it, and, and it is it. great it has uh skill checks yep. and sometimes just like in real passive D&D, and active yeah Sometimes yep. you go on a really great tear and then you're just like, you get cocky and you're like, oh, I'm going to, oh, I didn't persuade him at all. <laughs> so Tobias, who I'm playing is a rogue and I straight he up has stole. has no charisma. <laughs> well, yeah, of course I dumped that, but I straight up stole a barrel. So like I thought as I'm clicking, I'm like, you know, I'm right click and like, oh, you know, apparently that's not for everyone to use, you know, in the community. And I'm like, oh, okay. So I'm like, well, I'm a rogue. I'm going to try stealing. And I'm assuming it's the contents. I straight up a full barrel disappears thing was as big as my body and then i had to deal with the the tiefling boss guy comes up and he's all angry and i have to roll persuasion to tell him wasn't me and i'm like and all i'm thinking is i don't have a bag of holding i feel like i have a giant you're literally <laughs> i feel like holding in, a giant barrel above your head i wouldn't feel you? that's what it feels like i'm like where did the barrel go There's did you roll nothing? accordingly to this image you have now created yeah and i passed i i oh, i did and and so I managed to convince him that I didn't take. Of course, I'm not really holding it, right? But I mean, in my brain, I'm thinking it fills one little box in your inventory. Yeah, one tiny box encumbrance. Psh, I have an entire barrel. I don't know. Is it full of mead? I have no clue what's in it because now I can't even find it. I stole it. I'm looking everywhere for it. I have no idea where it is. You can do that with the exploding barrels too. Although it does have encumbrance, eventually you weigh out. But, but I'm you like, can take, where? you can load your entire party up with like two or three exploding barrels. And then with no consequences, like there's a part where you have to kill a big boss and mm-hmm. he's in a room full of bad guys and they're not hostile until you attack and you get cream every time you try it. Right. So you, you can, can literally just 
set up all the barrels. I'm like, don't mind me. <laughs> set up all the barrels. So the whole room's covered in barrels. And, and then blow their one flaming thing. And it goes, and they're all dead. Perfect. I love it. But it does let you do stuff like that. I mean, it is a great, I think it is a really great option for people who maybe want to play D&D together, but don't want to learn. Because it does mimic. It does cut out the DM. Yeah, it does mimic the experience, but yep. it's going to have limitations, obviously, very obviously. Um, yeah, it does cut out the DM. It is it is not a substitution, but it is something else you could, um, it is another avenue. Yeah, Because I like the idea of maybe, you know, I wish there was options for more one-shotty type things, because it'd be great if we had a night and then, you know, we you know, we have D&D scheduled and then something happens, snowstorm, things that are want to happen. Because once yeah. again, we're going to have the craziest, most snowstormy winter ever. Didn't they say that last year? They say it every year. I just, so, you know, but it'd be a neat option to be able to, hey, so everyone, let's be like, hop All right, Baldur's Gate. Yeah, let's just do some Baldur's Gate and hang out. Yeah. Yep. And well controlling done. each of your characters, I agree with your wife, can get te- a little tricky at times. Well, I'm sure everyone who's listening is looking forward to hearing about Oregon next week and then yep. whatever else decide to start discussing. Yeah. So we have to think of that as well. Mm-hmm. But, Josh, I do think we are out of time. We are. So that's that's all from us. So thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Night Shift Radio. Thank you, Josh. Um, thank you, Freight Yard Brewing, for a lovely afternoon. Yeah. This afternoon. And their beers will episode. be featured in the, um, what are they coming up on? Seventh season of oh, man. Super Pod Hero Cast? We did drink uh, Freight Yard beer. So. Oh, sweet. Yep. And yeah, if you have any uh, questions or comments, please feel free to email us or message us on Instagram. And hey, Josh, I look forward to creating more with you. Yeah, same everyone <laughs> i was right. trying to softball you and, and i look forward to creating with yeah, you yeah I, I just that's the kind of smooth exit that a lot of these podcasts have yeah that's but true. not us we're no. our own unique thing we are our own right. thing all right